Hey guys, welcome to The Nursing Co-op. I am so excited that you're here. On this podcast, our goal is to build your confidence, expand your knowledge, and create a supportive, cooperative community for nurses, one nurse at a time. My name's Ashley. I'm a registered nurse on a mission to empower nurses to build meaningful careers and change nursing culture along the way. In our time together, I hope to share my experiences, provide you with resources, and create a space where you can find your footing as a nurse without judgment. We will unravel nursing topics and make connections with amazing guests to give you all of the tools that you need to build an incredible life and career. I believe that it takes a village to build a strong nurse. We are your village. This is The Nursing Co-op. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. This week, we are going to talk about how we can teach our patients to advocate for themselves. This is such an important topic. I think so often as nurses, we think that we always have to be their advocates, that we always have to be the ones who advocate for them when it goes a lot further if we taught them how to advocate for themselves, how to educate themselves and talk to doctors. I think that that is a lot more helpful in their own lives and in the long run than if we do all the talking for them because they're not always going to have us by their side. They're here right now in the hospital or wherever you're encountering your patient and that is a great place because you can be their team member and help to advocate for them. But they need to be able to do this for themselves so they can stand up for themselves and ask for what they need outside of the hospital as well. So let's talk about a few things that can be helpful to teach your patient so that they are better able to advocate for themselves with their physicians. And these are things that they can practice while they're in the hospital, speaking with their providers that are coming to see them frequently rounding. These are things they can practice to make sure that they get their answers, get their questions asked, and have all the information that they they truly need. So the first one, of course, the most obvious, is ask questions. And this can take some coaching. Patients don't always feel very comfortable asking questions because oftentimes these team members and providers rush into the room and it's like this flurry of energy And it can feel really uncomfortable to try and slow that person down and ask the questions you need when it feels like they want to get out of the room as fast as possible, which unfortunately is often the case. So teaching your patient to make sure that they ask their questions, that they stop the doctors, and they vocalize what is concerning them, regardless of if they think it might sound stupid or like they should know the answer, no question is stupid, especially in that scenario. You as the patient, you are supposed to be asking these questions and our job is actually to educate you. Like that is half the job. So ask the questions and they can practice this with you as well. So we as nurses are often the people who get most of the questions, but some of those we don't have the answers to. So what I I like to do, and this also helps empower my patients to start advocating for themselves and asking questions to providers, is when they ask me something I don't know the answer to, or if it's a question that I shouldn't be answering because it's outside of my scope of practice, or if it's something that the physician should be answering or the provider should be answering, if it's a new diagnosis or something like that, I instead tell them to ask that question the next time there are rounds or the next time the doctor's here. Or you can also say, you know what, let me tell, call the doctor and tell them that you want to speak to them because that's an excellent question for your provider. 
Otherwise, what happens is that your patient will ask you a lot of questions, and then you get to play telephone in the middle where you are constantly just shuttling questions to the doctor or the provider, and they're giving you an answer, and then you run it back to the patient, and then they have another question, and then you're running back and forth. And that is when misinformation and miseducation can happen because you're just trying to shuttle information back and forth when going to the source would be the most efficient way to get those questions answered. So just encouraging your patients and telling them they shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. This is a, and encouraging them by saying things like, this is a great question. Please ask this the next time you're in rounds. I can help remind you or, you know, you can help them in a ton of ways, but it doesn't always mean you're the one asking the questions for them. Enabling them and empowering them to do that themselves is so important for their health long term because they're not always going to have you there. Number two is encourage your patients to ask for a second opinion if they are questioning things. And this is not always as easy in in the hospital, but if you can educate them about this idea, they can do it outside of the hospital. When they go to a provider, they get a diagnosis and they get a medication or something prescribed that they don't necessarily agree with or they want to know more about. It's important for our patients to understand that they can ask for a second opinion and that should be encouraged. This healthcare system is so flawed. I would love to be able to tell you that the first answer is the right one and that every doctor is caring for their patients and has their patient's best interest in mind and that we know all of the answers, that one doctor has every all the information you need. I would love if that was true, but unfortunately it's not. And so sometimes a second opinion is the best choice. You may get the same answer twice, but then you know that that's the answer for you. So I like to encourage this for my patients if they aren't sure or if they don't feel like they got enough information or if they're unsure about a prognosis or a diagnosis or a treatment, ask for a second opinion. That goes so far. And as as healthcare providers ourselves, like working in healthcare, we know that this is the case. So it's easy for us to think about asking for a second opinion. And we have more access in order to do that because we see so many providers ourselves. But our patients don't have that luxury. So educating and empowering them to do that for themselves is is extremely important as well. So asking questions, getting second opinions. And while you're doing these things, it's so important not to feel rushed in this process. Because that is the feeling that you get when you are with certain providers is people come by, they tell you a bunch of things, and they just rush out of the room. They, it sounds like they have no time. They don't have time to answer your questions. They don't have time for you. And patients tend to feel rushed. And then you come back in the room after rounds or whenever the, the provider was there and ask if they had any more questions, and they have 40,000 for you. Or they, they feel frustrated because they couldn't ask their questions because the doctor just rushed out of the room. So... This is, again, sometimes the doctor's going to have to leave the room and, you know, they have to run off to do different things. But I think if you encourage your patients to ask their questions without feeling rushed, they're more likely to think through what's going on. And it might be annoying to your doctors. It might be annoying to your providers. But your patient shouldn't feel rushed when it comes to their own health. This is, these are, this is their lives, This is not something simple. I know for us, this is our day-to-day job. But for this patient, this is the rest of their life. This is the answer to questions that they've had for a long time. This is a diagnosis that changes everything. We shouldn't be rushing them through this. So encourage your patient 
to slow down and make sure that they're thinking through, making sure they don't have any questions, taking their time as much as possible. And maybe it's as simple as writing down those questions that they have as they come up so that they have a list so they don't forget. But whatever technique works, you don't want them to feel really rushed when they're asking important questions or telling the doctor what they want for themselves. So don't feel rushed. Write down your questions ahead of time so that you don't forget them because that is often what happens in these scenarios. I also like to encourage my patients to educate themselves. And I know just saying that is cringy for a lot of us because sometimes the patient who has gone through Google is a scary patient to us and it's annoying and we all laugh and we think it's funny. But we haven't been in the same place. Sometimes there's easy answers to what's going on, of course, but sometimes that's not the case. And we don't know what that patient's going through. So I would rather my patient do some research, learn about what's going on so that they have questions to ask. We like to write this off and get annoyed and think they don't know what they're doing. So why are they even looking this information up? But their own education is one of the biggest pieces of their own advocacy. Being able to ask for what they want takes education on their part. If they don't educate themselves at all, they're literally just letting us lead everything. And uh, even though we want that to be the right answer, it is not. We, our system is flawed, as we've already said. We don't always know the answers. And so our patients should be looking things up and asking questions and questioning things. We are not gods. We should be questioned because it makes us think differently. And so what I like to do in this scenario, so I know, again, if you hear this, you might think, oh my God, you're telling these people to Google what's going on and that's a nightmare and they're going to get all sorts of misinformation and oh my gosh. So what I like to do is I encourage my patients to educate themselves. But at the same time, I like to tell them a few things that they can remember when it comes to looking at credible sources. Because that sort of education is not something that most of us get. We, of course, again, are in a privileged position. We have the education to be able to comb through resources and hopefully find what's true. Even though we are biased ourselves and we often discard information, but we can help educate our patients on what is a credible source. Where did you get this information? Don't just listen to the people on Facebook that are posting about some hack that they they figured out to cure diabetes or whatever. We can educate our patients on how to look at sources and what information is a good source. We can point them in the direction of sources that are helpful or are approved or that we know we vetted that are you know good sources of education for somebody who is newly diagnosed with diabetes or whatever, but I don't want them to turn their blinders on. I think that's often the perfect patient for many of us is the one that doesn't ask any questions, and I think that is so dangerous. I think that's the last thing that our healthcare system needs. We need question. We need questioning. We need checks and balances. We need some patient coming in the door and saying, well, why aren't you prescribing this? So that we can be able to know ourselves, the answer to those questions. We should be learning. We should be knowing what our patients are seeing out there. That's important. So they should be educating themselves and we should be able to answer their questions. And then the last piece that I think can be really helpful, especially if your patient is Um, struggling with this idea of advocating for themselves and feeling like they always forget to ask questions or whatever is bring backup if they can. So this is true in the hospital. This is true outside of the hospital. 
bring another loved one with you that you've talked to about this issue. So I know for me, as a patient myself, sometimes I like to bring my husband places or at least like to discuss things with him so that he gives me his perspective because we often forget the questions we want to ask in the moment. It's that classic idea of like your car is making a weird noise and you bring it into the the mechanic and it stops. So now you can't even remember why you brought it. Same thing with your health. You have symptoms. You had symptoms three months ago that were very strange for you, but they're resolved now. So you totally forgot to ask about them with the doctor when that information could have been really helpful and could have directed their treatment for you. So having that backup, having the person who you've talked to about this or who you've asked questions to or who has your best interest and their own questions in mind, bring them along for the ride because they are going to ask their own questions. They're going to support you. They're going to, you know, ensure that you are advocating for yourselves and asking for asking those tough questions. They're going to be your backup. So I think that that's important for our patients to know that that's okay to do and that's encouraged. And once more, I know that being on the floor and having that patient who has their family members there who are, you know, ready to step up to battle and ask 5,000 questions that are annoying to answer. And I know all of this can be frustrating as a healthcare worker, but our patients need to be able to stand up for themselves. They need to be able to ask these questions. If we just blindly lead them, it's not safe because what happens when they're not in the hospital anymore? What happens when they run out of a medication and no one ever told them that they can't just stop taking that medication? We, we can try and educate all we want. There's going to be huge chunks of information that they forget. So having backup, asking tons of questions, making sure that they get a second opinion, educating themselves, not feeling rushed, all of these things are so important for a patients to have empowered health care. It's important for our patients to be able to learn this information about what's going on for them because that repetition helps, having it taught in different ways helps. There's so many pieces of this that will fall into place that, that allow your patient to have better health and better outcomes. If we just hand them a packet at discharge, tell them you've just been diagnosed with diabetes, here's what you need to remember, avoid sugary foods and make sure you take your medication, have a, have a nice day. What do you think they got out of that? And that's oftentimes most of what they get is this rushed piece of paper that's going to get thrown in the garbage and this really quick information that we don't even feel like telling them. We're annoyed. I get it. We're burnt out. I get it. Go back an episode an episode or two and let's talk about the ways we can help our healthcare system and help support our healthcare workers. But in the meantime, we have to keep our patients in mind at the forefront of our minds because unfortunately no one else is going to do this. We have to be their best advocate and we have to enable them to be their own advocates because we can do that all we want in the hospital, but they really have to feel like they're in charge of their own health. That's the key to building a system that is truly built on patient-centered care is one led by our patients. So let's change this and let's build a better healthcare system. I hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. 
I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.